0: Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature, they haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Welcome to the Money Men episode, the 27th of October. How are you, Steve? I'm Luke Luke Stiles, and Steve May here. How are you? I'm good. Good, mate. Good. Been a, been a quick fortnight. It's gone pretty quickly, I think. They There's been lots happening. They all merged. There, there have been lots happening. Um, so, you know, as you know, general advice warning, which you've already heard anyway, um, and we'll get stuck in today's show. So we're going to obviously cover the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Steve's going to cover the budget, the boring budget, as I called it earlier. Um and then we're going to talk about a few different things, so around some poor-performing super funds, what to look out for when refinancing, because that's pretty topical and hot at the moment, given what interest rates are doing. Um, Steve got a really good in, good question earlier in the week um, on how do you actually buy shares? So so that's just a question from a listener, I believe. Or, mm-hmm. um, so, so we'll address that. And then one that I kind of came up with yesterday meeting with a client is how do you outperform the share market when the share market is down and, and just want to show you how you can actually do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So lots, lots to cover um, as we usually do, Steve, what's been happening in the markets before we get into the boring before budget. Before we get into because... <laughs> the boring budget, okay,
1: well, uh, the ASX, the Aussie market, uh, last fortnight's up about 1%. Mm-hmm. And the Dow Jones, S&P 500 in the US, have a guess
0: whether they're up or down for Fortnite. Well, I can see your show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and So it's not a guess then, is it? It's not a, it's mm. not a guess. Uh, but I was quite surprised to see that you'd written 6% for mm. both the Dow Jones and S&P 500, yeah. so up mm. 6%.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's uh, interesting, isn't it?
1: That's a that's a big jump. Bit of good news for the for the markets yeah, yeah. over the past fortnight. Yep. In the US, I think that's fueled by the fact that, they, that it, it appears that the Fed's easing a little bit on its uh, interest rate hikes, and uh, that's mm. creating a little bit of um, confidence. Yeah, for whatever reason, markets are really hard to understand, aren't they? They are um, very hard
0: to understand.
1: Um, but yeah, ASX up one percent, Dow Jones and S and P 500 both up about six, um, yep. which is good. Um, Property market. We're hearing lots of news that uh, economists are forecasting that there'll be property prices will be down 20% in the next 12 months and yeah. all that sort of yeah. bad bad news has softened. I'm sure,
0: but let's uh, not panic. I, there's no there's no reason to panic. Um, it doesn't really mean a lot if you're owning mm-hmm. and if you're getting into the market because you're owning and mm-hmm. you know well the what the price is today or tomorrow is irrelevant to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're looking to buy, then, you know, if it is softening a little bit, then it's probably a good opportunity, isn't it? Um, And even if you're looking to sell, it doesn't seem, you know, anecdotally it doesn't, yeah, yeah, of course it's softened a little bit based Mm -hmm. on the interest rate increases, which have stemmed people's ability to borrow as much and pay as much for houses. That's quite an obvious um, result of interest rate increases. But even if you have a look around, there's... Things might be on the market for a little bit longer or mm. what we would have called normal um, before c- crazy COVID times, um, but things are still selling. Yeah, they are. Selling at probably more realistic um, prices. Yeah. You know, that's
1: probably what it is. Um, listen, there's you know, there's a whole lot of doom and gloom being sprouted at the moment in the media and mm-hmm. even, even the government is, uh, is talking down things.
0: Um, <laughs> and that doesn't create a whole lot of confidence for people when they're looking to invest either. Yeah. So, I said um, last, I th- think I was saying last fortnight or the fortnight before, like high inflation, b- possible recession. What does it mean for someone who's investing for the next five, 10, 15, 30 years time? Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Make sure that you're spending less than you earn. Borrow less than you can afford and life will be perfectly fine. Yep.
1: Like absolutely. Your financial life will be financial perfectly limited, fine. Yep. And well, quite often it follows that your so financial life is is fine, then they merge. It takes away a lot of other stresses yep. in life. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. So, what's on our agenda today again? You told well, us <laughs> about
0: three minutes ago. I, I did, <laughs> but the boring budget, yeah, um, which you're going to get stuck into, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm going to I've got a print off um, that sort of has addressed some of the poor poor performing super funds and how members are still staying in those funds even after they've been written to. So I'll talk about that. Um, refinancing, so what to keep in mind and what to look out for. Um, how do you actually buy shares and then the outperformance of the share market mm-hmm. uh, when the share market is down. So a fair, we, we actually oh, might, might not we may it. not even get through all that. So, so we have our 40 minutes that we roughly worked yes. in. So
1: we'll see what we cover. All right, well... The budget, the boring budget, as you call it. Um, I call it. I yeah, think it is. The fam- well, I think the government's calling it the family-friendly budget, aren't they? Is that is that what the terminology is? is it's been used. Yeah, Don't know. You haven't been it's really f- paying attention to uh, it. I mean, it <laughs> is what it is. I've read. I've read. You've, yeah. you've got some. Yeah, you know, oh, some, some snapshots. So yeah, there's there's a bit in it. You know, it's a, a bit of it. You know, there's a f- fair portion of it around and publicised around um, creating affordable housing in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, something like you know, creating up up till 2024, thirty thousand or forty thousand new homes. Um, then after 2024, over a five-year period, creating a million new um, affordable homes mm-hmm. using all sorts of mechanisms, such as you know allowing super funds to um, cash in um, and get and get invested in in residential property mm-hmm. with support from the government. Mm-hmm. Some corporate partnerships, things like that. It's all unclear as it, as a lot of government policy, budget policy, unlegislated un-
0: yeah. budget policy. It, who
1: knows how they're going to do it? Yeah, I'm sure they don't, uh, but they'll try and work it out. But I'm not going to delve into that. I'm just going to talk about the things that sort of affect um, you know the people that we we, we might be talking to and they might be, maybe listening. So yeah. Uh, so some of the key things um, they've announced a, a reduction in the downsizer. Contribution eligibility age from 60 to 55. So mm-hmm. the downsize of contribution is where you, if you sell basically the family home or, or home that has been the family home that has been owned for more than 10 years, mm. you can take the proceeds of that, part of the proceeds of that, and use $300,000 each, give you a couple, um, to contribute to superannuation. Yep. Um, and thus get it into an environment that will be Tax effective um, now and into the future yep. when you retire. Um, until now, uh, the eligibility age has been sixty mm-hmm. plus, and when it first came out, it was sixty five, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. been reduced to sixty, and now to fifty five. So it's a bit of a sweetener for people to be able to, but an incentive for people to sell their homes mm-hmm. um, to free up that home for someone else. Yep. You know is really what it boils down to. Um, so that downsizer contribution actually allows people to put more money into super than they would normally be able to Mm -hmm. as well. So that's a good thing potentially Um, for those that the, the, the strategy is suitable for. Remember, if you're only 55 and you put money into super via a downsizer contribution, you can't get it back out again until you retire. So that's important to understand. Yep. And you can only do it once. So you can't, um, if you do it now um, and buy another home and then sell that home in 11 years' time, yeah, yeah. you can't then avail of it again. That's yep. only, it's a once-off thing. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: that's in there. Is it a big deal for most people? No. No, I don't think it is. I don't mm. think it really achieves a lot. And mm. the other thing is, well, I think that the Liberal Coalition had that as a policy that they were mm. going to attempt to legislate anyway. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing new there. There's so, not much new in the budget, to tell you the truth, no, but, the, um,
1: you know, it's a new government. They can afford to be pessimistic and, you know, get through a benign budget because, you know, they're in for another few years, yet. Yeah. Um, okay, what else? There's been announced some fringe benefit tax exemptions for electric cars, yep. you know, so if you're, a, say, an employee
0: of a, of a company and you package up a... Um, Tesla. A, a, yeah, Tesla. Are, you, giving, are you Are you suggesting that you're going to package me up a Tesla? Is if that you want, if you want a Tesla, like, you know, well, you go for it. Perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, you still have, as an employee, you still yourself to pay for it. Oh. You know, but um, but ultimately, yeah, don't worry so, about the fine print. So it's basically for, for zero or very low emission vehicles um, up to you know the. Luxury car tax tax threshold for fuel-efficient vehicles, which is about 85 grand. Um, Then you can sort of package that up, and what it means is that as an employee, you don't have to pay the bit that you would normally come out of your pay in after-tax dollars for fringe benefits tax. Right, so you know that might save an
0: employee five grand a year something like that yeah it, depends not on an, the value of the vehicle yeah and yeah, no, yeah. not an insignificant yeah mm, well it mm. depends on the value of the fringe benefit doesn't mm, it like, it does, yeah. yeah and so not not an insignificant um, benefit or incentive I, I guess you know my my concern with things like that is you know why mm. um, why do it um, and you know does it really achieve the outcome that it's attempting to achieve mm. don't
1: know we'll find out will not we
0: I guess, one day.
1: Yeah. Uh, paid family and domestic violence leave, uh, small business assistance, so it's been legislated to provide 10 days of pay, paid family and domestic violence leave. Um, I think that was was always in the wings. Um, yeah. Anyway, what else? But so a good, some, not a not mm, a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Um, lifting the income threshold for the Commonwealth Seniors Health Cup, mm-hmm. so... At the moment, uh, if you are of age pension age and don't qualify for the age pension payment as such, yep. provided your uh, income um, as a as a couple is below ninety thousand yeah. dollars, you still qualify for the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card, which mm-hmm. enables you to get you know cheaper pharmaceutical yeah. um, items, etc. Now they're and so single for single person, sixty-one grand of threshold, and couples ninety. They're increasing that to ninety-eight thousand for singles and one hundred and forty-four thousand combined for couples. So that's good for those that huge, are huge yeah. increase. Um, but then you think about who who would it really effect and what sort of percentage of the population would be earning more than $144,000 as, as a couple when yeah, they're yeah. over age pension age. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. right. So it really applies to those who continue to work past age pension age. Yeah, As a
0: couple, you know, earning reasonable incomes, they would still get the benefit of that Commonwealth senior yeah. health or, or, or some, you know, some old... Very generous um, defined benefit plans, where yeah. you might have been getting, you know, significant yeah, amounts significant, of income, um, superannuation pensions. Yeah, yeah. Pen- pensions. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe some people in the, in that area. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's um, positive for those that uh, could potentially benefit from that. Uh, another incentive around housing, incentivising pensioners to downsize by extending the sale proceeds exemption. So. Basically at the moment if you um, are on a government pension and you sell your home, the proceeds of the sale of that home aren't counted as an asset Mm -hmm. for Centrelink assessment purposes for a year whilst you're deciding whether you are going to buy another home or not. Yep, to the level of the sale proceeds. Yep, to the level of the sale proceeds. Um, That's going to increase to 24 months. Yep. Okay. So it gives people two years in effect to make the decision as to what they're going to buy when they sell yep. sell the home. Um, in addition to that exemption period, the government's only going to apply the lower deeming rate of 0.25 yep. percent on the
0: national um, income mm. derived from that sale. Yeah. So, so reasonably a- technical calculation to go in and assess mm-hmm. what what it earns from a sandling perspective, yeah. but. I'll interject. I actually think it was very. It's a very generous policy to begin with, mm. um, where the asset was exempted. So basically, it meant that you know an aged pensioner selling their house they had that twelve-month window looking to buy another place to, could still get a significant, um, you know, age pension yep. and hold a lot of money in the bank mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. um, and you know keep on going through. Through life in the next 12 months, and mm-hmm. and now it's extended to 24 months, and mm-hmm. and now or now looking to extend to 24 months, and further to that, they're actually looking to assess that sale proceeds uh, as a lower amount of income, in effect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, without getting too technical into it, so it it's going to be it's very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess of what it I'm saying fair, it's yeah. very generous. And the reality is
1: that. Um, people use the exemption period whether or not they're thinking about buying a new home. (laughs) You know, they they, they use it. So um, another Centrelink um, age pension one is around the work bonus um, income bank. So so at present, um, you, as a pensioner, um, can earn $7,800 a year Mm -hmm. before the age pension starts to reduce, before Mm -hmm. the age pension is reduced. So they encourage you to work. Encourage, you know, People to stay in the workforce yep. to some extent, yep. um, and that's going to be increased to eleven thousand eight hundred mm-hmm. dollars. So again, yeah, designed to sort of allow people to stay in the work workforce and um, you know Without contribute contribute, contribute longer to their own retirement yep. and potentially less on Centrelink
0: resources or, or and resources. and for their own health, yep. you know, yep. so yep. keeping 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 older people active for longer and I don't like to use the word older people because hmm. there's you know um, there's plenty I've got plenty of clients who would be classified as older but they're definitely not old in the mind that's, like you know the there general. is they're like a 21 year old so yeah. so you know it's. I think it's good to keep people in the workforce for longer and you know that little sweetener is certainly you know a good move
1: yeah uh, childcare support package. That's been received a bit of publicity over the last day or so mm-hmm. since the budget was released. So basically, childcare subsidy will live from eighty-five um, percent to ninety percent for families earning less than eighty grand a year, and it tapers off um, down the line um, until it reaches zero percent for families earning five hundred and thirty thousand or more. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go into all that, but apparently it's a bit of a, a sweetener and a, a kick along for those that um, need it. There you go. Mm-hmm. I'll flick the page to my next point. Um, expanding paid parental leave. So this is a family-friendly f- budget side of things. Oh, of um, course. Expanding... Dr Chalmers did say that. Yeah, Dr Chalmers did. Expanding, <laughs> I notice a little bit of um, a tone in your voice there. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Chalmers um, has announced expanding paid parental leave. So um, currently, paid parental leave schemes comprise of two payments. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been through this recently, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, um, I have, yeah. Yeah. Um, for eligible carers, um, so up to 18 weeks for the birth parent mm-hmm. and up to two weeks to fathers and partners. That's currently. Yep. So they're switching it around a bit. There's not a lot of detail in it, but it's um, going to be a 20-week payment to families, including a portion reserved for each parent on a use-it or lose-it basis. So it's not restricted to the birth parent having 18 weeks and the other other party having two. There'll be some sort of mix there. It doesn't say what it is, um, but a portion is reserved for each parent. Yeah. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Fair enough. Um, so either parent's able to claim the payment um, and it gives some flexibility around how you take it. Parents can actually go back to work for a little bit, mm-hmm. take a day or two, mm-hmm. go back to work again, take another day or two. Mm, that sounds fun, doesn't it? Great to, fun to administer. Um, so, you know, devil's in the detail. There's not much detail yep. as yet, but I'm sure it will all come I'm out. sure the doctor will follow through with some, a some more detail. The good doctor will. Righto. What else? Um, Approving the housing supply and affordability. We talked about that. Um, The shared ambition is to build one million new, well-located homes over five years from
0: 2024. Mm -hmm. The detail in that is... I'm all for affordable housing. I mean, you know, and I I hope for the Labor government, they're able to attract um, the funding mechanisms via, you know, um, the business community and superannuation that they seem to keep talking about mm. um, to, to help them along. Yeah. My my fear is is that if it was a really well performing um, place to invest money into affordable housing, there mm. would be a lot of people already in there. Superannuation funds would have I mean. sniffed it out. So I'm I'm yeah. my fear is that it's not a high returning. Yeah. Um, So the government Mm. funding
1: stream will help cover the gap between market rents and subsidised rents. Okay, gotcha. So the government's going to be kicking in. Yep. So they're... Mm -hmm. So the government's going to be kicking in, Mm. which is ultimately the taxpayer. That's it, yep. Um, And they're looking to secure endorsement or get institutional investors uh, as well as superannuation funds into it. Yeah. So the cynic in me thinks, you know, noses in the trough, um, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to get preferential treatment or you know, whatever, but anyway, we won't go down that path. Other housing policy annou- announcements, there's a help to buy shared equity scheme, squeam- scheme which we've spoken about yeah, yeah. before, so you basically own your home with the government. I'm not sure you'd ever want to own your home with the government yeah. anyway. Not um, the partner you would want to be, <laughs> no, not, not the business partner you want to have. No. Um, and then there's a regional first home buyer guarantees where yeah. you know, people can get in with deposits as little as 5%. Yeah.
0: Which is um, an interesting one, isn't it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as we see, you know, we do see the 5% deposit scheme mm-hmm. um, and it's coming out in different shapes and forms, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're borrowing 95% of your property, and as we've seen interest rates go up significantly, mm-hmm. very quickly, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it puts a lot of pressure. Okay. It yep. could put a lot of pressure on you. And so, you know, I do understand that there was a it was hard it's hard for people to save twenty percent, mm. but there's a bit of method behind that madness, isn't there? It's a bit of a hedge against increased interest yep. rates. You yep. you own more of the property. Um, you you have a lower loan and so any increases subs, uh, subsequent increases in the interest rate you're actually not going to be as affected as much. then yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue that you know, those that have only been able to save a five percent deposit are least likely to be able to absorb. Um, at the two increase, or 3% interest yeah, rate yeah. Rates, so, yeah. so it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a spiral, isn't it? Yeah, as of anything, you just need to be careful, know all the pros and cons yep. and risks and rewards, and um, make an informed decision. So, right, that's so, the boring. budget. So, the boring budget. Yeah, you, I was almost going to say you didn't make mm. it boring, but. Mm. Yeah, it's it's still, still, still a little bit boring. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Steve. Nothing I can do about that on the front. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. I know. And you know, complaints can be directed towards Dr. Chalmers. It, it um, next time, next budget, I'll maybe do some dad jokes. You know, throw them, yeah. throw them in there. Okay. Um, all right. So lot, lots to digest. Okay. So I wanted to quickly cover poor performing super funds and mm-hmm. and some of the poor performing super funds. Now, a recent article came out. Um, that suggested that two-thirds of members are still sticking with failed super funds and Mm -hmm. what are failed super funds well end of last year or sorry i think it was about 12 months ago apra came out with some mechanisms to measure Mm -hmm. um default my super balances and and put some metrics in there to say who has been performing well and who has been performing poorly, based on I think a combination of fees and, and actual returns. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty hard to actually drill down. What 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 are the mechanisms going in there, and what are the timeframes as well? Because some some of the funds would argue that the timeframes that they looked at that they looked back were quite short, and and I would I would tend to agree with that. Nonetheless, anyone who was sitting in one of those super funds would have received a letter from their superannuation provider. So I think around six hundred thousand letters have gone out to mm-hmm. super fund members. I think around you know four hundred odd thousand or you know five hundred and fifty odd thousand are still um, with okay. that that super fund that they received a the letter to say, hey, you probably shouldn't be with us, Mm -hmm. we have failed uh, APRA's performance metrics. You shouldn't be with us, or you shouldn't be with the investment option. I don't know, I don't know the, uh, look, I don't know the, uh, I have seen one of the letters, I actually Mm -hmm. have seen one of the letters, um, and it was for the Maritime Superannuation Fund, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was quite explicit. Um, No, sorry, APRA had some certain requirements to say, this is what you need to include in your Mm -hmm. letter, Mm -hmm. and the way that the super fund, uh, the way the super fund communicated with their members could leave it a little bit misconstrued whether they should be with the fund or should be with the investment. Now, you could argue that the whole thing is misconstrued, even the performance metrics and the fees that are u- being used to determine whether you're at a good super fund or a bad super fund. Um, but I guess the, you know, the point here is is that lots of people have been written out to. Mm. There probably are some... Average performing super funds in amongst that group that have been picked out and been told that they're naughty. Um, and lots of people are still staying with them. Yeah, because it's easier to do... Listen, I would I would guess that
1: oh, half of the people who received the letter
0: didn't open it. Didn't open it? Because it's just from their super fund and they don't care. Yeah, and and it's one of those things that they just ignore. and yeah. Ignore because they... Not that necessarily they don't care, but they don't understand. Well, the point in here, and I think the Association of Superannuation Funds actually did the study, mm. to to or to the sample study, to say, hey, um, you received the letter. What have you done? Have you done anything about it? Um, you know, to get some of these metrics that I'm talking mm. about here. Um, but the association basically said um, the letters that are going to members are... Uh, too complex. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The language in them it makes it very hard for a layperson to determine what's actually being yeah. um, conveyed. Right. And and the cynic and me would say intentionally. So uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah. and look, I completely agree. I mean, if you're on the other side of this and you're the yeah. super fund, yeah. you're looking to protect the funds that you collect a fee from. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with that because that's that they, they are operating. But sorry. Yeah. In normal, in normal course, if they're doing a good job, there is nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. I should probably add. The fact of the matter is is that they don't want to lose fun or funds under management because that could then, you know, mm-hmm. basically spiral them, you know, yeah. technically out of control. Um, so, yes, the syndicate, I agree with the you The letters are probably intentionally written to be a little bit confusing, not very clear of what's actually going on. But... They've been members have been written to again. Yeah. So it happened in 2021. They've got more letters written to them in 2022. Some of the super funds that are now... It was, it was the failed super, There's still four of the failed super funds from 2021 on the 2022 list, and I use failed in inverted commas mm-hmm. because they're, they're pretty hard metrics to... Yeah. What to, does failed mean? What does yeah, yeah. failed mean? Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, you know, you need to just make take a bit more attention to you know some of these communications that are coming out and if it does look confusing m- maybe get some advice on it like yeah, i think hey, that that's the key is, is don't ignore information
1: and yeah, seek advice if you don't understand yeah. seek advice because it's it, potentially pretty important if you you if you are in a dog of a super fund investment option yep. and it remains a dog over the next 10 20 30 40 50 years then it's going to cost you a lot of money yeah so I, so be be wary. Be have your eyes open, and just seek advice. You know, ring ring a financial planner, or or do your own research, and ask the question. Hey, I've got this letter. What does it mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, I don't know. You know, it's just interesting. Like you know, you're talking about a significant chunk of your retirement savings, and and I relate this back to. An example I can think of in my head, um, and I don't know if you recall this. You remember when energy prices, the the wholesale wholesale energy market went out of control, you know, th- three or four months ago, and there was that provider that wrote to their clients and said, "Leave us. We can't actually. We can't actually." Um, you shouldn't be with us because Mm. we can't actually pass on affordable power prices to you. You need to go to a different provider. Mm -hmm. And I think the Australian energy regulator at the time got really annoyed with that. They were like, oh, hold on a minute. Um, But then he was in, you know, the CEO was interviewed on, um, you know, Sunrise or Today. And he was going, no, I need to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Mm. Um, And I I actually have friends who were with that provider and they acted on that really quickly. Mm. And so... How many people actually acted on that really quickly, and we're probably talking about a couple of hundred dollars a year mm. where we're looking at your superannuation, mm. which could amount to hundreds of thousands of dollars in you mm. know difference right. in performance yeah. and and long term and long term performance, mm. but people don't act mm. so I'm just you know it's just an interesting little dichotomy yeah. I guess to say well you know yeah. That happened and you acted over a few hundred dollars and then this happens and you don't act over a few hundred thousand dollars possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just bear that in mind it's easy to you know file things like that away and, mm-hmm. and you know not think about them when they're not front of mind yep. um, and again yep. complex and not hard to understand. Yep. Uh, sorry, hard to understand. hard to understand take action yep. take, take action, take action. Good advice.
1: Yes what's next on the list? Oh, where do we want to go? How are we going for timing? Uh, we got another 13, 14 months
0: right. to go. Refinancing. Mm-hmm. I want your view on this because I, I've, I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about it. Okay. Um, Tell us what your be is. <laughs> Refinancing in the current market, mm-hmm. I, I think, is a little bit of a tricky one. And f- first and foremost, is because you know interest rates. Arguably, haven't settled, Mm -hmm. so we don't know where things are going to land in the next six to twelve months. Mm -hmm. But it's probable that you know on the not too far horizon, there's better deals. Mm -hmm. Um, As but once things Mm -hmm. normalise, now I don't know. I'm not making a prediction. I'm just saying that usually this is how things happen. Mm -hmm. They move in. Quick ups or downs. So, what,
1: so what? <clears throat> excuse me. What's um? So, what's bad about refinancing that so? refinancing there?
0: A, I think it could be a bit of work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. there's a couple of points. Yeah. A couple of points, Dave. Could be a bit of work up front now to do it now with mm-hmm. that, with possibly not a lot lot of benefit in a couple of months' time. Mm-hmm. And so, is it better to just? discuss your current rate with your lender mm-hmm. to explore what options might be available with them right at this minute, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a variable rate. Now, the other thing is as well, if you're looking to refinance, um, you know, are you breaking your loan um, mm-hmm. if you're in a fixed contract? So just be fi- fixed rate. So yeah. just be careful that there's fees associated with that if you're mm-hmm. going to look to break out of a fixed rate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My biggest... B mm-hmm. or pain point is restarting the loan term. Yeah. It is I know, a, that, I know that's a bit bad. It's deal. a it always has been it's a yeah. poorly understood consequence of refinancing. Yeah. So you're saying you're
1: ten years into your home loan, you refinance and your repayments are
0: lower, but you've got another thirty years to go again yep. because you've refinanced for thirty years. And Although the interest rate may be lower, mm-hmm. the cost of the interest on that additional ten years, and again, yeah, we don't. If you, if, you, if you pay the minimum, if repayments. you pay the minimum repayments, mm-hmm. are going to exceed the total cost of holding your own loan, your older loan product with a higher interest rate in most instances. So that's a poorly understood consequence of refinancing, and I understand that you can go and refinance and refinance into a term that's lower. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you've had your home loan for five years and you don't want to restart it under another 30-year contract, you Mm -hmm. can go to the lender and say, hey, can we have a 25-year loan term? Mm -hmm. Um, And you need to explore that option when you discuss refinancing with your broker or lender because that will show you the true apples-for-apples comparison Mm -hmm. in terms of the mortgage costs on your loan. Because remember, what we're seeing in a lot of instances is the savings not really being a function of the interest rate being lower, mm-hmm. but the loan term restarting over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so you, you you just need to factor that in. Um, and it's not very obvious to a lot, you know, to the layperson. lay person, it's not going to be very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I see a lot of loans that are restarted or refinanced straight into a 30-year loan term. Mm-hmm. No consideration given to how long... The existing product has been going, yep. um, and you no know, consideration to the consequences of the possible increased costs in interest. If you don't use the savings to then pay down mm-hmm. um, your loan more quickly, now that's the like. So, what, what's the solution here? Well, refinance into the term that your current loan has. So, mm-hmm. as you your, you pointed out, if you've had your loan for 30, for ten years and you started with a thirty year loan term refinance into something with 20 years. Um, now, you'll very quickly see that the savings probably aren't that dramatic um, if you compare the two, and I'm just using you know market interest rates as an example, but you go and do that, so that's, that's answer one. Now remember the lenders will put additional scrutiny on you in reducing the term of the loan, so they'll wanna make sure that you can pay it and because they're reducing the term, so they're not giving you as long to pay it off. So that puts pressure on you on what you can borrow um, and definitely pressure based on what's going on in the current environment around you know, interest rates and, and, and whatnot. What's the second solution? If you can't refinance into a shorter loan term or the loan term that you currently have with your existing lender, you can use the savings that you get following the refinance to start allocating into the new home loan.
1: Yeah, And and so you asked asked my opinion earlier, so now's now's my turn to go. I think sometimes it might actually be prudent to go with the 30-year loan term Mm -hmm. because that gives you some backstop in case times get hard. Mm -hmm. But um, go forward and pay more. Right, so, pay the payments that would be applicable to a 20-year loan, yeah. and that way you get the benefit of the, the interest rate reduction from the refinance, mm-hmm. you structure it over a 20-year term, Yep, yeah. but you have the ability, if there is an emergency or something really bad happens mm-hmm. to go back to minimum repayments and um, and not have to you know default. Yeah.
0: So, but so the premise is the same. Yeah, yeah. So great, great, great point, Steve. I guess it is actually a reasonably technical calculation to determine what what's well, not reasonably yeah. technical, no, but you, but, you, but mean, you do need yeah. to be reasonably disciplined to yeah. to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, when it comes to money. Most yeah. people can be reasonably unstructured and so undisciplined. The simple way to
1: look at it is if you refinance and they put you to a 30-year term, just pay the payments you've been paying.
0: That will Great solve point. the problem. Great so, point. Um, and, and then there's capacity to there's capacity to um, ratchet yeah, it down yeah. if you need to. Yeah,
1: because the reality is if you're looking to refinance, you should be looking to save money, right? That's your point, isn't it? You know, so, um, And saving money doesn't... Necessarily mean that you're just saving short-term loan repayments. you have mm. got to be saving money over the long term. Yeah. So, um, You know. So the other, you know, my my point of view on refinancing generally is, you know, I think it is worthwhile. You know, if you're with a, a lender that's got got a high interest rate, mm-hmm. higher interest rate than a competitor, and you can get um, refinanced at a rate half a percent or one percent lower. It's likely that even if rates change and are volatile over the next 12, 24 months that the organisation that you're going to will still have lower rates than the one you're with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, if you've got a $700,000 mortgage and you're going to save 1%, Yeah, it's a $7,000 um, a year saving.
0: Regardless of how you structure it, how you structure it, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, totally agree. So there's mm-hmm. that savings there, um, you know. But the point is, don't waste those savings. Oh, okay. You've, you've got to You've, you've okay. got to reallocate them. You can't just go and expend them yeah. um, because when they're in your when you go and refinance and you've mm-hmm. got an extra, you know, two hundred and fifty or five hundred dollars a month left over because you're in a lower interest rate and you've restarted a thirty year loan term. Yeah don't go and spend that extra two hundred fifty five hundred dollars on just anything. Um, put it you know, towards your loan. Put it towards your loan. thousands and thousands and yes. thousands of dollars of interest yes. over the long term. But you've got to um, be very intentional about it, and this is the problem. And if you're not planning to go into it being intentional and you have a game plan around what you're going to do with those savings, and your point was keep paying what you were paying on your own loan, mm, your probably. old loan, mm. um, and, and get the benefit of the lower interest rate. As well. Um, mm. But if you're not going to do that... Mm. Then you need the point. What's, what's the point? Just be very careful because you're, you're arguable, arguably just putting yourself, you're giving yourself more debt yeah, over absolutely. the life of the line. Yeah. The other small point uh, I make around, you know, break
1: fees, mm-hmm. um, and this is, again, people doing their homework and understanding what the situation is. At the moment, you can probably go to, sorry, at the moment, why would you want to break a fixed, rate. a fixed rate. Sorry. Yep. Start, why would you? Yeah. If you're yeah. sitting at two percent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You wouldn't why would you want to break it to go to four? No, four that, wouldn't be lo-
0: that wouldn't be logical. that wouldn't be
1: logical. But there could be reasons. You know, yeah. It yeah. could be you know could have a small C- circumstances to dictate whatever. Um, yep. But the other thing is that lenders at the moment are quite open to negotiating to waive that, that fee because think about it, they're lending money to you at two percent. Mm-hmm. If you want to break that, they can take that money and then lend it at four and a half. Yeah. So they are. There are lenders that will um, enable you to break a fixed loan at the moment yep. without a fee, because yep. they, they just get the money yeah, back intre- and they lend it a higher rate. Yeah, yeah. But you don't know until you ask. Yeah. You know, so people need to be aware and um, and armed with those sorts of um, ideas and and, um, and and have the conversation. Yeah, have the Ask their broker. You know, if they're using a broker, or ask or ask the lender yeah. um, directly if, yeah. if they go down that path.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I, I guess the point in here. Don't do a refinance, look at the savings and go, my new loan is so much cheaper than my old loan, even though the interest rate might mm. be 1% more affordable, mm. the savings is usually being derived by the fact that the loan term is being restarted. A portion of the savings, yeah. yeah. A portion of the savings yeah. 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 is no, usually that's... being derived by yeah. the loan term being restarted to yeah. 30 years. So yeah. Yeah. so go figure, it's cheaper because it's being spread out over 30 years rather than 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so use those use those savings effectively don't waste them yep yeah. very good point and
1: I can see why you've got to be in your bonnet about it <laughs> thanks mate um that's the same thing ask questions make sure that you're a broker or someone is explaining to you yeah. the effects of doing this you yeah know? so it's not always a, it's not, as you said it's not as simple as hey I'm getting a cheaper interest rate and my, my loan repayments are so much less yeah um happy days, I'll go and have more holidays,
0: um, because you'll pay for it in the long term. Well, you'll you, end up paying you, tens or you're, hundreds of thousands. Your total of interest days. cost yeah. will yeah. far yeah. exceed staying with your old product mm. because mm. you've had an extra 10 years of interest accruing. Yeah. Um, so in those examples, and, yeah. there's, and the, you mm. can cut the examples a number of different ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, we're out of time. Are we? We are. All right. So well, we're not going to. Uh, we won't talk about how to buy shares or what else are we going to. How to outperform the share market when the share market is down. We'll talk about all those juicy, next, yeah, juicy topics. topics. Yep. We'll um we'll work on those next fortnight. All right, Steve. Um, remember leave a review mm-hmm. iTunes or Spotify if you're listening on it. It'll yeah. it'll you know it means a lot and mm-hmm. helps helps the ratings and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, grow the movement. Yeah, grow the movement and only leave a review if it's a five-star yeah, uh, five star <laughs> review. Hey? eh? Maybe. No, five is, yeah. a, you five know, ten. no four and a half. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll grow the movement. Ask us a question. You know, mm-hmm. we're open to questions whether you want to email us or throw one on Facebook or, or yep. wherever you want to, whatever forum you want to ask us, that's fine. Um, and yeah, have, right. a, have a good um, rest Great. of the week and weekend, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Beautiful. See you. Bye.